Hi, everybody. Welcome to East to West Weight Loss Surgery, where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April, and I'm the West. And I'm Jason, and I'm the East. So uh, if you guys know, we record this podcast in Zoom. So not only can you listen to it on your favorite podcast players, but you can watch us on our YouTube channel. All you have to do is go to YouTube and search East to West underscore weight loss surgery and boom, all of our beautiful videos will pop up. Uh, so if you guys are used to, used to watching us uh, on our YouTube channel, you might notice that my background has changed. Uh, school's out and I am chilling at one of uh, my family's vacation spots. So don't mind the beautiful background here. <laughs> Just look at a I'm, little bit different. I'm sure they feel extremely sorry for you. <laughs> that your circumstances have changed so much from your other mountains and water to new mountains and water. I I do have to admit, I have a very rough life. Thank you for your thank you for your your understanding. <laughs> that's it. That's it. All, all, all good all positive thoughts to you in your time of need, April Week. Yeah. Definitely Oh man, I know. First, first world problems. Uh, yes, it's fine. Yes, so, somebody, indeed. somebody's got to live the life, right? It's and I'm happy hey, that it, it has it, to be me. It might as well be you. We we couldn't agree more. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Fred. Uh, so if you guys see me uh, looking down, it's because I don't have two monitors where I'm at. So I'm I got my show notes pulled up on my phone. Uh, but Jason and I are super excited today to talk about all things post op. This has been a request by a lot of people in the community, uh, so we're excited to, to kind of dive into our experiences today. Uh, but first things first, what we need to make crystal clear is that we are not the experts, we are not doctors, we are not medical professionals nor providers. We are simply sharing with you what our post-op experiences have been. So you need to first and foremost follow to the letter whatever your surgeon says you need to do after weight loss surgery. If you do that, you absolutely will be successful. Uh, but today, Jason and I are just going to share what life was like for us the moment that we woke up after surgery to basically now. So I am, oh my gosh, this July, I will be 12 months post-op, which is a little bit hard to believe. Yep, that seems, uh, that went really, really quickly. Uh, so Jason, where, where are you currently post-op? I am about three and a half months. Uh, the 11th of July will be my fourth month. I uh, am looking into, let's see, this week I have my uh, three-month follow-up with my uh, nutritionist and my three-month follow-up with my surgeon. Wow, crazy. So, and I get to go present, be like in physical present for both, so... Oh, that's, that's a change. <laughs> so, trust me, because I was like, y'all are going to see this. Y'all are seeing all of this. All 104 pounds that are gone, y'all are going to see all of it. <laughs> and that, that, God, that is just amazing. That is amazing. So if you guys are, yeah, if you're was, new to... definitely my plan. Oh, if you're new to bariatric surgery or you're thinking about having it, or maybe you have had it. So th this is just to compare. I am almost, uh, I'm almost a year out and I have lost... I think 105 or 106 pounds, and I'm super stoked about it. Jason is three months out, and you have lost 104 pounds, correct? Yeah, and it's been uh, 104 pounds in three and a half months. And, you know, the most important thing is, yeah, we don't, don't need to compare my loss to your loss to somebody else's loss because 
it's just not going to be the same. It's my body's completely different, especially male bodies are way different than female bodies. Females tend to have a lot, a lot steeper mountain to climb when it comes to weight loss, even at post-op. And, and so for men, it just kind of falls off, which is just another reason for you guys to turn your nose down at us. It's cool. We understand. No, it, uh, it, it, it definitely is, is one of those things that's going to happen. So for me, I know that it, it's been ups and downs. It hadn't just all melted off. I've had to do a lot of things to kind of kickstart things going back. So it's, you know, it, it's one of those things, but I'm, I'm super excited about it. And I want to make sure that the, cause I still haven't seen my surgeon himself since the surgery day. Like when I did my, my two week post-op follow-up, it was with the PA. So oh. to, to actually see my surgeon, I, I mean, I hope he's going to be at this one, but uh, yeah, so I, I get to actually go in physical visit to see um, my, my surgeon. And I also have the nutrition appointment the day before that. So I'm, I'm excited be- to jump in there and see, let it, let him see the, the, the handiwork. It is. I think every, I mean, I just commented too, when when you and I hopped on before we actually started recording, I was like, dang, you look so different, you know, and and I see you almost every week now at this point. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, I think they're, they're going to be surprised. And I can't, I mean, your coworkers are just going to be blown away too. Like when you actually see them in person, who knows when that will be, but, and I've even just noticed that too, people, um, People even that I see often, they still comment. Like I post pictures on Facebook or, you know, Instagram and people are like, oh my God, you just look so different. And I think it just like everybody loses at a different rate. Everybody changes at a different rate. The important thing is that people are recognizing the work that you're doing and the changes that you're making, uh, which is, you know, why, why we did it in the first place. So right. yeah. Yep. Doing good. Okay. So, and actually that, I will give people a little bit of a teaser. Our next episode is all about stalls, which is something everybody experiences. You and I have both been through them. We both have punched walls, <laughs> punched holes in our walls because of stalls. Uh, so if you are uh, worried about a stall, you're in a stall, you're thinking about a stall, or you know that a stall is going to happen, that next episode is going to be uh, really uh, key to listen to because it's totally normal. Uh, but today's episode, all about post-op, and we're just going to, we're really just going to, going to deep dive into that. So, uh, so the first thing that we want to talk about today is what our experiences were like when we woke up from surgery. Do you remember what was the first thing that popped into your brain when you like, when, when you, when you woke up? I, apparently I woke up in recovery one time and after we had gone over the fact that I cannot take narcotic based pain meds whatsoever because I get super sick apparently post-op me decided that that was a great idea. So I asked for morphine after I'd already told them I can't have it. And they gave it to me because I asked for it. And so I don't remember any of that. But when I actually woke up, I remember looking around and going, I'm about to be sick. So (laughs) I got sick real quick. But and, And this is the weird thing. Normally, if I take morphine or any any pain meds like that, I don't just get sick once. I get sick for like the next 12 to 14 hours, just complete, just repeat, just bad, awful. And so this time, for whatever reason, I, I got sick one time and done. That was it. Nothing else. Oh, my God. And, but the one thing I remember laughing about was is they would bring your little ounce cups for your liquid and be like, try to get that down. And I'm like, okay. And I'm sipping. I'd pass the hell smooth out. I'd either spill it on myself or I'd spill it on the yeah. floor. 
or you know i'd just be sitting there holding the cup and they'd come back in and go how how you doing on your ounces and i'm like shit i fell asleep i was like let me try again <laughs> so they'd bring me a new one and it and it wasn't that i couldn't get the ounces down because my stomach couldn't handle it it's because i couldn't stay awake to do yes it. Yes. My experience, I was definitely, yes, I was very similar to that. I, I just remember waking up after surgery and being thankful that, okay, like, oh, it's over. But then I just remember being in so much pain and in pain that I had never experienced before. I mean, I never had surgery before, you know, like, like this type oh, wow. of surgery. And I just remember waking up being like, oh my God, this is awful you know just pain everywhere my muscles hurt my joints hurt you know my my brain hurt and then you know i had so much pain in my abdomen area it was like okay this is this is bizarre uh and then just asking for help with the pain because it was just so great but same thing i remember like passing in and out not passing but you know falling asleep right, instantly right, right. waking up you know kind of doing this back and forth and then what made it a little bit more challenging for me is that my, my, I had my family there, which was amazing, but you're in so much pain. You're still in like loopy drugville land and you're trying to have a conversation with them. And then the nurses and doctors keep coming in to check on you. They were handing me, you know, these teeny tiny glasses of water saying, you know, you need to get your liquids in drink up, and I yeah. drink up. And I remember I took a little itty bitty sip and I could feel it traveling down my throat, my esophagus. It hit my stomach and then it came right back up. And I just remember I looked at the nurse and I looked at my family and they just had like these huge eyes of like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? And then I just remember this, this fear of dread coming over me. And it was like, oh my God, what did I do? What have I done to myself? If I'm throwing up a sip of water, I can't live my life like this. I mean, I instantly, my brain just went to like drama queen, for, you know, drama queen of the South. And it was just like, oh my God, what have I done? You know, like my life is over. I might as well never leave the hospital. And it was just like, <laughs> you know, but it's just such like a, it was just such a brand new experience. It was pain I had never felt before. It was an experience I had never been through before and as a person who used to drink gallons of water a day to to throw up a sip of water right. it was just like mm, oh no oh this is this is not good this is not you, good <laughs> you went directly to 13 year old girl who had her birthday party canceled you were just like oh you ruined my life yeah <laughs> that's that's pretty much exactly what happened yes See, exactly I didn't, what happened i came out with a binder on i came out with all that so i really honestly i didn't feel a lot of i didn't feel a lot of pain as far as that went i remember thinking that i was going to and i remember remarking to myself and my wife thinking that i didn't that i wasn't really as sore as i thought i would be mm. now I was weaker than I thought I was going to be just from, you know, the anesthetic and being under and coming out and all that. So I yeah. remember my first couple of times standing up out of the chair, the recliner that they put you in, that, that was a little shaky. But I remember the first time I took laps around the floor, I remember coming out of my room and seeing that fall risk sign that they put. And I was pissed at my score. Because I was like, I was like, y'all ain't even seen me walk yet. How you put me on such a high level of fall risk? Like, y'all don't even know. Like, I'm going to need y'all to upgrade that because I'm better on my feet than that sign says. 
and they're cracking up like what is your problem dude and i'm like she's like, they're like everybody's a fall risk because your abdominal muscles and you know you they've been cut into so you can't read your stability's off and i'm like mm -hmm. i don't care i was like you don't know me like i'm some kind of professional athlete with my fat ass in there and they're looking at me like right like, how about you just worry about walking down the hall there, Chubbs? Like, don't worry about don't worry about what your fall risk is. And I told him, I was like, I said, I bet my fall risk is so high because y'all don't have enough people here to help me up if I go down. And she about lost it. She thought that was hilarious. So I, no, I shuffled I my, huh? Yeah, I was going to say, I remember the exact, yes, I, I, I'm laughing and I'm nodding in agreement. <laughs> Same thing too, right? Like, uh, I, so I wish, so I didn't get a belly band or a binder until it was a couple hours later. And I think oh, the wow. woman, so I shared a room with somebody and um, I don't know who she was. She was older than I was, but I just remember my, my parents had left and it was kind of like, okay, I need to like get my shit together here. I need to like, you know, gather myself. And I remember she was in a lot of pain. She was very vocal. And the nurses kept saying like, well, you need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do this. And she was not recovering well. And I just thought, oh God, okay, that can't be me. Like I can, I can have my drama for 15 minutes, but then I need to get my shit together and I need to move on with my life. And somebody said something about a belly binder. And I was like, what is that? And they told me what it was. And she was like, do you want one? And I was like, yeah, I want one. Because it just amazing. felt like my... Right? I felt like my guts were falling out. And as soon as they put that on me, I was like, oh, okay, game day now. And I had heard the surgeon and the nurse say, well, you know, to get out of here, you need to walk this many steps. You have to keep down this much liquid and you need to be able to like eat a popsicle or something. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. That's, that's what I'm doing then. And the first time that I tried to get up out of bed, I was just so appalled at how little I could do. Right. I mean, because your stomach's been cut up and your stomach is gone. Your muscles have been cut like you've got some you got some shit going on down there. And I just remember feeling like, oh, my God, I can't do even the most basic of things like sitting down on the toilet was very strenuous, a lot of pain. Walking was really painful. And I just remember it was so difficult for me because I was so active before surgery. Right. You know, I mean, I would be walking miles a day and kayaking and paddleboarding and swimming and, you know, like being active was not an issue. But instantly after surgery, I just remember sit, trying to get up out of bed and going, oh my God, now everything is going to be a monumental undertaking. And mentally that's so hard because I went to a place of, why did I do this? I was so much more active beforehand. I was healthier. I was, I was, a, better, I was a better fat person before surgery. Now I'm going to be a horrible fat person because I can't do anything. Uh, and it was a real struggle for me because you're just used to being active. And even though... I was such a large size when I saw the fall risk too. I was like, that's bullshit. Like I am a healthy person. I am an active person. Right. And then all of a sudden you have to check yourself and you catch yourself in your mirror and you're like, mm, okay, but I'm also, you know, I'm a huge person. And if I fall, it's going to take five people to help my ass up because I can't do shit for myself right now. I, you know, my, my abdomen's been cut. I mean, yeah, just a, yeah, just a, 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 a bitch slap in a lot of different ways right because you're like well, yeah no what you think is not what you think <laughs> right well see and i i was the opposite i was not an active person before just because of the pain and inflammation that i had in all my joints and and knees and all that stuff was yep. just it, it was to me and and i tried to equate it to to one of my friends that asked me to say i bet you feel a lot better now and i said imagine falling from a second story window and just hitting concrete 
I was like, and then when you try to stand yourself up from that, I was like, that's what it felt like every time I got out of bed to go or out of a chair to go to the bathroom or to go to the kitchen or whatever. I was like joints, everything on just complete pain all the time. Like I I was, I was taking eight to 12 ibuprofen a day just to get out of bed, move around to work. And because my head hurt all the time, my neck hurt, my shoulders hurt, my knees were killing me. And it was just supporting all that weight and the horrible choices I was making when I was eating, you know, the foods that I ate. And so my, yeah, my caloric intake on a daily basis was so ridiculous that it just, everything just turned to sludge. So for me now, I can get up and move around and like it, before where it was everybody just did everything for me because it was so hard for me to get up and move my ass around. My family, you know, was, was they, they just kind of w- did everything for me just because, you know, they didn't want to see me hurt. But now I'm the one that'll the quickest first one to jump up and do things for other people just because I can and it doesn't hurt me now. I can move wow. around now and, and, and not take any ibuprofen in a day and not be bothered at all to just completely move around with freedom. Like this morning before I, before I came on here with you, I took out like 20 yards of chain link fence complete from fence standing, everything cool to completely removing all the posts from the ground, rolling the chain link up, put it all out on the curb, able to come in here, have lunch, take a shower. And now I'm here doing this with you. Wow. And there's never, like, it would have taken me days to get that out before, just because I would have been able to put in about five minutes worth of work and then come in and sit down and then have to sit down for 20 minutes and then get back up and try to lumber my way back outside. So just that alone for me, the movement post-op was the same because I was used to moving around so slow and taking such, you know, gentle care of myself just to be able to move around that I didn't find it so it was not so alarming to me because I'd moved slow anyway and had to take you know extra care to make sure that I when I sat down on the toilet everything was you know braced and I had to kind of lower myself to make sure yeah because I just you know, when you're six four 468 pounds you don't sit on anything too quick because that shit's just not meant to hold that size of people. So, you know, for me, I made sure that kind of everything I did post-op in my movements was just as ginger to make sure that I didn't mess anything up. And the biggest source of pain for me was the left side incision where they remove the majority Mm -hmm. of the stomach that they cut out. Mm-hmm. that that'll sting and let you know real quick if you're messing up if you're doing wrong it'll put you back in place real fast yes it's so interesting to hear you this is why i love talking to you i always learn so much because our experiences were so different before weight loss surgery yet we're experiencing very similar things after weight loss surgery. So in a lot of ways, I always feel like weight loss surgery is a great equalizer because we came at this from two very different places, yet we're, we're experiencing the same positive uh, you know, outcomes after surgery because our, our goal was the same. We both wanted to live our, weight at a, live our life at a healthy weight and we both wanted a better quality of life. And thinking back, my quality of life to where I am now was much different, right? But I was, I, I was very active before surgery and to hear your struggles and to hear 
what life was like before surgery is just, it's amazing to me because once again, I'm just so thankful that weight loss surgery was an option for both of us. And I'm really thankful that we're doing what we're doing because things were a struggle for me before surgery, but not to the extent that they were a struggle for you. And then I'm just, I mean, you know, just think about the life that you had before surgery. It really was a great life. When you think about all the things that you accomplished professionally, the, the family that you built, the, the life that you built, things that you did beforehand were amazing. And you did it at such a high weight. And now your life is only, you know, improving in ways that, you know, I think that you hope that they will improve. Yeah. But man, it's really a leap of faith because when you're sitting before surgery going, oh man, you know, I don't know if this is going to work and nothing has ever worked before in the past. And, you know, what's going to happen if this doesn't work? There's so many, there's so many what ifs. There's so many second guessings that, that you do before surgery because you're trying to talk yourself out of it. You know that it's a major thing and well, I could do it on my own. I mean, we've talked about this, you know, tons of times, but sitting where you're sitting now and sitting where I'm sitting, there's no way that I could have gotten here. No. without weight loss surgery there's just no way yeah i felt horrible in one of the support groups for my surgery center on facebook this past week i there had been a woman in there that you could tell was kind of teetering on the fence about whether or not she was going to have the surgery and then she came back finally and everybody was you know giving their stories and trying to support and trying to help her you know make that decision and then eventually she just came back in and was like uh, i need to know how to leave the group because i've canceled my surgery i've called my surgeon and people uh. tried to tell her like please you know reconsider and she's like it's already done my anxiety was too high i couldn't get to a place where i was comfortable so i've i've just backed out and i felt absolutely awful for her because I know we all thought it. We were all there at one point in time. We all had, you know, discussed our second guesses and thinking about whether or not we were going to do it. And to see that she had given up on, you know, I, I, I hate that for anybody. That's just awful. I, I yeah, I, I know that it's scary and I know that you try to talk yourself out of it, but oh my God, just being where you and I are at and knowing that life is, life is just uh, unlike something we can imagine on the backside. Uh, it makes me frustrated for people. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is super sad when somebody cancels uh, the surgery just because we know what's on the other side. Like we, we know the firsthand what it feels like to have those reservations, to have those, you know, the thought process of what, you know, maybe I should wait, maybe I shouldn't do this, maybe now it's not the time. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Everybody that's had the surgery knows they wish they would have done it sooner. Um, but, you know, and another, another way to look at that, I guess, for those people that are, is if they're not ready to do it and do it for themselves for the right reasons, they may not have been successful at it anyway, had they had done it right now. So, That's a, mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, when you look at it that way, this, this may just be something they need to be able to build up the courage, you know, the, the courage to do it and do it the right way later down the line. Uh, that's that, a really good that's, point. Yeah, yeah. That's not something that we can always answer for everybody, but I know for myself, yeah. uh, when I had it done, you know, wishing I would have done it before, 
I, I have those thoughts too, but at the same time, I also know had I done it before, I probably would not have been as successful as I've been this time. So for me, that works as a thought process and I always want to try to have the most positive outlook for the others that uh, that are kind of following in those footsteps. So I always hope that they'll they'll come back around to the thought of having the surgery just because, like I said, I know how positive it's been for, for me and a lot of people in the community. So. That's a really good point. I never would have thought about that, but yeah. And we, I mean, and you and I know you already have a 50% chance of relapsing after surgery, right? Even after you've gone through it. So if you're not a hundred or a thousand percent committed to doing everything that you need to do post-op, yeah, I mean, it's already a tough sled just having the surgery. So yeah, that, that's a good point. Okay, so let's let's transition. We, we've talked a little bit about our physical experiences after post-op. Are there any other physical experiences that you want to let people know that you experienced post-op? I know for me, one of the biggest, uh, the biggest deals that I, I wanted to tackle was the walking. Because they, everybody will tell you post-op, sip, 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 walk, walk, walk. It dispels the gas pain. It makes you feel better. It's all the, and that's all 100% true. Uh, no matter how you feel after you've eaten something, drank something, whatever it is, if you're having gas pains, just move around. Now, pre-op you is going to say, I've never felt better by moving around. I 100% understand that because that was me. I said the same damn thing. But uh, it's some wizardry that I'm not at liberty to discuss. All I can say is, is you get up and move around and it all feels better. Your world will become round again, I promise. Just get up and move because I used to think the same thing. I was like, all right, there's a, after I ate a big meal, I did, the last thing I wanted to do was get up and move around. But honestly, uh, the gas pain and all that stuff, just it just moves around enough to go away on its own for the most part and others you can control with deep breathing and some you just kind of have to let them pass. But honestly, walking was huge for me because I knew I had to put in so many laps before I could leave. And I wanted to be first on the first thing smoking out of that hospital because I did not want to hang around. My staff was great. The doctors, the nurses, the ev everybody that came through was amazing, but I wanted to go home. Like I wanted to be, I, I was so on it as far as wanting to hit all the milestones. I was like, I want all the ounces down. I want all yep. the steps in. Like when that doctor comes in in the morning, I want him to be like, oh, this is awesome. You're doing great. So that motivated me to get up and move around. So I want to say instead of just a normal one lap or two laps, I had put in three laps the night before and then put in three more laps in the morning before the doctor even got there. And he came in at like 9.30. So when I cracked my eyes, I was, want, I was wanting to move around. So I did a lot of walking and, and bumped into a couple surgery buddies that same day that were out doing the same thing. And, you know, those are the first faces in the community that you're going to, you know, that you're going to feel kindred spirit with. And, you know, those are people that you may still keep in touch with. I know three and a half months later, I still talked to a couple that had surgery on, on my same day as well. So it never hurts yep. to have a buddy in this journey. And so it's that, that was probably the best thing for me was to get up and move around. Yep. I, uh, I remember I packed a hospital bag and I had like books and magazines and all this kind of stuff. And then after surgery, you don't need any of that. You absolutely don't pack anything. I wouldn't even, 
don't pack fuzzy, nice slippers. All that you need is a pedometer uh, and some walking shoes. Because as soon as, same thing, my doctor had this checklist of like, here's what you need to do to go home. And I was like, okay, I got to get out of here. My, my, my roommate, my cellmate was not helpful. <laughs> she, she was the exact opposite. She ended up not getting checked out for days. I later found out. And I just said, nope, I, 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 need to, I need to get out of here. Not because the people who were helping me were not phenomenal people. They were all wonderful. I just wanted to get out. And I remember my surgery was at like eight o'clock in the morning. And I think, you know, recovery, it was maybe 11 o'clock. My, my family had come and left. And then it was like maybe 1130 or 12. And I just said, you know what? I need to get in steps to get out of here. And every 15 minutes, I think I was getting up and walking. And that first day when my surgeon came around to visit me, I was wearing my Apple watch because I wanted to know how many steps. And he said, how are you doing? And I said, well, I'm in a lot of pain uh, and I'm peeing all the time because you're hooked up to an IV. So I was getting up constantly. Once they brought me that belly bander, that made a huge world of difference. And then I asked the nurse to teach me, how can I take myself to the bathroom? So how do I unplug? How do I use the restroom? How do I plug back in? And how do I do my steps? And after they helped me twice, the nurses felt confident enough that I was, I knew what I was doing. I was, you know, coherent enough to do it. And they just gave me permission to do what I needed to do. So I had about a 30 minute routine. I would get up, go to the bathroom, and then I would go walk two or three laps. And every time I would push myself to walk another lap. And by the end of the first day, I had 10,000 steps in. And when the doctor came in on the second day, it was maybe noon. And I, had, I was close to 10,000 steps. Now, granted, I was sleeping 15 minutes and then I would get up, go to the bathroom. I would do this routine. And he came in the second day and he's like, I've never seen anything like this. You're doing phenomenally well. I mean, even like all of your stats are way better than what I ever thought you were. I mean, you're going to be released in less than 24 hours. You know, good job. And he just told me, he said, when you get home, you need to keep this routine up. And every day for the first month after surgery, I got in 10,000 steps, which is more steps than I was doing most days before surgery. And they were slow and it was a slog, but I lost 27 pounds my first week after surgery. It was wow. incredible. The, the, that first week after surgery, I felt like death. But then all of a sudden I woke up, I think on day seven or eight, and it was like, oh my God, I'm like a brand new person. I, my recovery was such a it was such a breeze. It went exactly as it should have. I was able to hit all of my milestones right on track. My gas pains were minimal. I mean, I was swimming. I think I was swimming in lake water maybe two weeks after surgery. And that was because I'd done everything right. And I'd gotten all my permissions. I followed that book to a T, whatever that book said, right? So, and we're all going to leave the hospital with a book or with a packet. Follow that to 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 a T, and that is what will get you into a recovery phase that feels more human-like instead of a recovery phase that feels very, very desperate. You know, just yeah, it it, it was huge. So yeah, getting in those steps, key. Your your bariatric bible, you will want to follow yes. that too. Yes, because that's yes. going to that's going to get you there. Yes. I've seen people that follow it and I've seen the, you know, the success rate that they've had and just the, the way they feel is just overall better than people that took their own liberty and yeah. kind of fudge the numbers and did what they wanted to do to make themselves feel better yeah. usually wind up with a little bit harder road when it comes to recovery and that's just not what we want for you. 
No, no. You know, and the, the other thing that was a big surprise for me was just how immobile I was after surgery. That, that was a big hurdle for me to overcome. Uh, you know, and the other thing that I always recommend to people is that you need to keep a notebook or keep a journal. And when things come up, when you have these questions, write them down. And then you need to call your surgeon. You need to call those nurses. They are literally paid to help you. They're paid to answer your questions. So when you've got five questions, you pick up that phone and you call them and you get answers to your questions. Because if I wouldn't have done that, I probably would have made a, a poor decision. I would have gone against their advice. Um, and that's not what you want. You want to follow that advice because, you know, following your Bible to a T, not pushing yourself to the extremes. I think it's important to push a little bit, but you don't want to push yourself to where you undo your surgery or, or you tear something or you do something detrimental. You need to baby step push yourself. And then you really need to step back and go, okay, did that go okay? Am I experiencing a different amount of pain? You know, you're having a lot of conversations with yourself after surgery that you've maybe never had before because you're experiencing things that you've never experienced before. So calling your surgeon, calling your nurses, asking those questions, taking baby steps, but following that, those instructions to a T is critical, critical to, to your success right after surgery. Yeah, your body's going to talk to you a lot during this time frame, and you just have to listen. Like, you may not have been too in tune with your body post, you know, or pre-op. I know yeah. I, I really wasn't. It just hurt all the time, and I just knew that's what it was. But yeah. now, you know, I knew two speeds pre-op, and that was my body hurt and when I was absolutely too full to move. And now post-op your body talks to you constantly and lets you know all the things and you just have to be open to listen to it. Um, because yeah, it's, it's a, a very easy to follow roadmap. And if you follow it, you will not overdo it, but you can very easily push yourself past the limit. Yes. Yep. And, and it's important. You and I have talked about this before too. Um, you know, right after surgery, you really can't do anything. And it's not because you don't want to, and it's not because you eventually won't have the energy. It's because you are going to screw something up. You are going to mess some shit up if you push it too much. Uh, so, you know, you can't bend and twist. You can't lift. You can't, there's a list of things that you cannot do. Don't do them. You need to ask your friends and your family to, to help you this first month after surgery. And you might be, you might feel bad about it because maybe you relied on them for years leading up to this point, and now you're relying on them more. In my case, I, I, I did everything for myself before. So asking people to do these very mundane things felt not good to me. But because I took that chill pill, because I just said, you know what, my, my, my Bible says I'm not supposed to lift, I'm not supposed to bend, I'm not supposed to twist. I mean, I was asking people to do just ridiculously crazy things. But I did that for my prescribed time. And when those 30 days were up, I got the all clear and I was boom, right back to, to life as, as prescribed before. So it, you really do need to pause to move forward. And that is a very odd feeling, but it's worth it in the end because as soon as you get cleared, you're back to life as normal and you're back to a better life because you can do more. Because by that time you've lost weight and things have changed so rapidly that you feel so much uh, you know, you just feel like a different person. So um, it, it might feel like you're going backwards for a little bit. You're not. You're just pausing, which is what your body needs to recover. 
literally feel like a weight's been lifted off your shoulders. Yes, weird. As cheesy as cheesy as that is. Now, it uh, it, it honestly, she's a, April's a hundred percent right. It, you know, you I went from sitting on the front porch watching my my wife and my my son do yard work, feeling like a big old slug, just watching them. And I know the neighbors probably thought I was a special person to just sit there and watch them do all the hard work while I sat in my chair. But honestly, moving from that to being able to go out and do what I did today is, you know, is huge, uh, especially for me, because I never would have been able to do that before. So, you know, it, it is hard to have to rely on other people and to ask other people for help, but it's monumental. Like, you have to do it. Yep, it is. It is a key to success. Absolutely. Uh, so the, the next thing we wanted to talk about were our emotional experiences after surgery, right? So we all know we've been through huge physical changes and there's things that come with that. Then there's this whole other side of our recovery, which is the emotional roller coaster that we tend to go on post-op. Uh, so are there any big emotional experiences that you remember, uh, you know, standing out for you right after surgery? I just remember being extremely excited. Like I was just pumped and ready and full of hope and just like ready to get this show on the road because I knew that I had come through the one thing I was dreading, you know, was whether or not I was going to make it through the surgery. And I knew that I had at that point. So I was super excited to start this new journey, this whole new part of my life that I haven't been a part of in years. Um, you know, because I, even right now, I haven't been as small as I am in probably seven years. So it's, it's just been a long time since I've been down to this, to, to this size. And just, I had forgotten just how easy things were to do. And I just, you know, I had kind of resigned myself to the fact that I was going to be the way I was before surgery forever until I just checked out. And I remember now thinking that, you know, now I've got a, whole, a lot better chance of being able to see, you know, my son and my daughters get married and my grandbabies graduate high school and that kind of stuff. And just, I, I, I would, that, that charged me with the fuel I needed to be able to move forward and, uh, and really, take this head on and, and do as much as I've done in a little bit of time that I've done. That, that is awesome. Uh, my experience was very different from that again, which is why I love talking to you because post-op, I got really angry. I was really angry and I was really depressed. Um, I think I was angry that I had to go through such a drastic thing to live my life at a healthy weight. I really second guessed my decision. I really just thought like, well, I should have just been eating, you know, this much amount of food uh, for the, for the, you know, for the past 10 years. Like, why the hell couldn't I just do that? I was just, I was so angry at myself. I was angry that I was the only one who was battling a weight issue. Uh, and I was just, I was really depressed. I got really down in the dumps, which is not my normal you know, way of living life. Uh, and, and I really did have to kind of come to grips with it. I really had to have a lot of conversations with myself. And thank God I had already been seeing Wendy, um, you know, before surgery. And I saw her, I think I met with her 
I think I met with her the week after I met with her every week, pretty much after surgery. And she just really kind of helped me work through those anger issues. And it was, it was great just to be able to say like, this is how I feel. And I kind of feel bad feeling about it, feeling this way, but this is, this is my truth, which I, I get annoyed when people say that sometimes, but you know, I mean, it, that, that's what I was experiencing and I shouldn't feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't live there very long, but I was surprised at how angry I was. And I was surprised at how depressed I was. And that lasted for about two weeks uh, after surgery. And then I very quickly realized that I would have never been able to lose this weight without surgery. And this was just the way that it was going to be. And for me also to recognize, I could have never eaten the amount that I eat now before. My brain would not have allowed that. My addiction would not have allowed that. I, I, was, I would have been very angry at eating that little amount of food. And post-op, it's amazing how quickly your brain and your gut switches, right? Because without surgery, I would have been like, why? This is so, it would have made me so mad that I was eating so little and I would have been so hungry. And then post-op, I am so full. I have no desire to continue to eat more food. That's the magic of surgery. You just, you wake up and that's, that shift has happened for you. And that feeling has stayed with me now a year after surgery. And thank God, because that, that's one of the, that's one of the things that was keeping me at a very high weight before is anger around food. And now that's gone, you know, because of surgery. Uh, So yeah, it's just, it's so interesting to me to, to hear you talk of so much hope. And I totally get that now. I have the same hope that you do. Uh, it just took me, took me some time, but I also didn't have the experiences that you had. I could, I could move, right. move pretty free throughout my life. I didn't, I wasn't in a lot of, you know, aches and pains beforehand. So, you know, just, just a different experience. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's going to be different for everybody. There's going to be people that, that follow the same track as me. There's going to be people to follow the track as you there's going to be people that have a completely different experience altogether, and that's the beauty of this community coming together like we do to yes. talk about these things because it, it's just not the same and yeah. i know for you know for me pre-op there's you know I, me and my wife would argue all the time because we would try to go out to eat somewhere and we have friends that would always like split entrees or split dinners or whatever and she'd look at me and I'd be like, shit, you better keep it moving, sister, because don't even, don't even look at me like that, because you know. Like, you know better. Like, don't even try. And, you know, and, and it was so funny because she would always, we would say something or she'd be like, well, we're going to go somewhere, but you can't order something ridiculous. So if it's that bad for you, you need to eat before we go. Yeah. And I look back at that now and I think of how ridiculous that statement is. We're going to go out to eat, but you better eat before we go so you don't order a ridiculous amount of food. And when I have to literally think about it, because I've literally heard those words, and I'm like, that's that's not okay. No. But that just, just shows you how not okay we were before surgery, right? That just shows you how powerful the control that food had over our lives. Because those statements are absolutely ridiculous. But those were very true statements and that's how you kind of had to live your life. And, Uh and I think when you get to that point, there is nothing that is going to change that besides something as radical as surgery. Right. No. And and that's a hundred percent correct. Cause I would not have stopped. I I would not have stopped ordering the amount of food I did eating the amount Mm -hmm. of food I did. 
And, you know, now we go out and we do things like split, split food and split plates and things like yes. that. And it, yes. There's no argument whatsoever because I know, no. I know what I can, what I can and can't do. And I know yes. I can't sit up and order something ridiculous and be able to finish it. So I, no. I hang out, I hang out the majority of the time. I hang out on the appetizer side of life. I, I look at little apps and small stuff that I can get because, and, and even still get to go boxes for that. So yes, just, that's what it is. We're, uh, my, my husband and I, we, we, we took a, a, a little mini vacation. Uh, we were gone last weekend and we all, we both comment now, we only split meals now only. I mean, that's, that's, we never order two meals and half the time, even there's food left over from that half meal, you know, from the meal that we've split. And my husband always comments, he's like, God, you know, I used to eat this entire meal and you used to eat that entire meal. And sometimes we would order an appetizer or sometimes we would get dessert on top dessert, of that. Yeah. And then I was thinking about like, you know, I would, I would down two or three iced teas, not sweet tea. Oh, I would yeah. down two or three, you know, iced teas and a meal on top of an appetizer and dessert and then a full oh, meal. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he and I are just sitting there going, oh my God, what were we, what were we doing beforehand? And hundred oh, percent. Cause I would do the same thing. I would get, <sighs> I, I would average drinking four glasses of, of, of tea before or Coke or Dr. Pepper or whatever. Yeah. Before it was even time for the meal, plus the yes. appetizer, plus whatever meal. I wouldn't yes. be really big on dessert, but if my wife ordered it, I would eat like a spoonful or whatever. Just a yeah. little bit. But yeah, yeah but no, still my, my main thing was crushing whatever giant entree you could put in front of me on top of yeah. all the liquid. Because it yeah. would be four or five drinks before the meal got there, plus another three yeah. while the meal was going on. Yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah the amount, it was, the sheer amount was just ridiculous in itself. But the fact yeah. now that we do that and splitting is not a big problem and, and still have food left over, our bills going out yes! to eat have gone from like so 70 80 bucks <laughs> to like 20 to 25 dollars and i look yes! i got this i got the ticket the other day looked at it and i just laughed and i was just like this is ridiculous like we used I to spend double or triple that to go out to eat somewhere and now it's just like yeah now it's the tax right it's unbelievable wait we, we before surgery we would budget 200 a month for eating out and we always blew over that way over that oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and now I mean, yeah, for us to go out, it's $30, $40 for, you know, for a really nice meal for the two of us. And you're just going, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Just freaking amazing. Okay. Uh, we wanted to leave our community with our keys to success when it comes to, to post-op. Uh, so if you were to think about, you know, what, what, what are your top items that you or top things that you recommend people do after surgery to find success, lasting success after surgery? Um, you know, I think we've already pretty much hit on it. One is follow the Bible to a T. Um, yes. Please, Number please. One. Yeah. The bariatric Bible you get when you leave that binder will be everything for you. Um, and please get your liquids in, please get your steps in those, those few things will put you in the right, mindset and the right i want to say i guess routine is the best way to put it that put you in the proper mindset and routine for success because the more you get up and you and you think about it as you know i got to do this if i'm going to get better 
So the more you move, the more liquid you intake, make sure you get your protein. Like those, those are all things that you're going to hear. If you haven't already been exhausted from hearing them, they're all a hundred percent true. Uh, because your body will let you know if you don't get enough of any of them in and you do not want to be the person that ends up back in the hospital getting the IVs because you couldn't intake enough liquid. So. Nope. Yeah. Uh, ab- yes. To all that. You have to follow your doctor's orders explicitly. My, my running joke is I just ended up taping a water bottle to my hand because you have to drink constantly and you really have to track how much you're getting in after surgery. So if they don't give you a tracker, make yourself a tracker, do it on paper, do it, do it digitally, make little boxes. And every time you get in an, an ounce of liquid, I know that sounds crazy, but every time you drink an ounce, you've got to check it off because if you don't get in that liquid, if you don't get in the, the nutrition that you need to get in, you're going to be back in the hospital. And, and that absolutely is not where, where you want to be. Yeah, steps. I don't. I don't Get think in. you can. I yeah. don't think you can see it. But I added. I actually, this water bottle has a line on it that has all the ounces. Yeah. Oh no, I can totally I, see it. This is what I've used since day one, and yes. I fill it to the top, and I just know because it'll take down every single ounce. Yes. So I just make sure that 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 that's what I use, and still to this day use, even though I bought. <laughs> I laugh because I bought that giant gallon jug. Yes. Uh, that I posted. Yeah. My body yeah. let me know real quick that the I, I'm not ready for the gallon yet. So I can't do the whole gallon, but I can do, it has increased me to drink in three of those blender bottles a day of water, wow. which is awesome. each one is 24 ounces. So you're doing dang good. I've actually pushed it to 26 ounces because there's a little bit of room at the top. So I fill it up, but I use that gallon, that gallon jug to be able to do it. And so uh, I'm, it's taken me like it'll take I can do most of the gallon in a day and then I've got a little bit left over for the next day so I'm pretty much but I've been using yeah that that just gives you something that's got a measuring that's got you know measuring units on it because that makes it so much easier yes absolutely could not agree more uh the other things that I would add to that list is is ask for or purchase a belly binder. So your hospital might give you one. Uh, you can buy them on Amazon. You definitely want to make sure that they're very adjustable, right? Because the first year you're, you're going to need it to be large and you're going to be amazed at how quickly you need to really kind of cinch that thing up. That was a game changer for me. It just keeps everything tight and secure. It's not a waist trainer. You don't, you not, don't need to be working on your figure, you know, right after surgery. It's literally just this big, huge, wide, right? Elastic waistband that you're going to wrap around yourself and it's just going to keep everything tight and secure. It's going to be a game changer. Game because changer. When you, when you try to walk and you don't have it on, trust me, everything oh. inside of you will let you know mm-hmm. really fast. Mm-hmm. But as soon mm-hmm. as you put that on, keeps it all where it's supposed to be and it feels so much better. Yes. Yep. Feels amazing. Uh, the other thing that I would recommend is don't be afraid to try out new sleeping spots. I, I wish that I had given myself permission to maybe sleep in a recliner for the first couple of days after surgery. Um, that probably would have been a little bit more comforting to me. I mean, sleep, sleep is going to be difficult for the first probably week after surgery. You've just had major surgery, right? Like things have been moved around. You're missing some stuff. You've got some incisions. So just give yourself some grace when it comes to like where you sleep or how you sleep. Know that, that that's going to change and don't be afraid to kind of experiment with, with different um, sleeping spots. My other big recommendation are, is take notes. 
Take notes about things that you're experiencing, either physically or emotionally, things that you're noticing, questions that you have. Keep a notebook central and handy to you so that you can jot things down. And it also might be nice to, to look back and reflect on where you've come when you get a week out or two weeks or three weeks out. It might, might be nice to kind of, you know, to go back to that and just to, to have a way for you to check yourself to, to kind of see how far that you've come. Uh, my other recommendation is take a ton of pictures. That week after surgery, you're not going to be feeling great, but there's not going to be a lot that you can do. Taking pictures of yourself might be something uh, that you are definitely going to want when, you, when you're feeling better. And it's a great opportunity for you because you have some downtime. So take a bunch of pictures in like angles and different clothing or different, you know, positions, whatever. Take as many pictures as you can, because Jason and I always say this, you are absolutely going to want to, to reflect on how far you have come. And yeah, yeah, all the pictures, all the measurements, take pictures with clothes, take pictures without clothes, because trust yes. me, even with clothes, you're going to be like, well, I feel yes. like I look that different. Then you take a picture with no clothes on, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, never mind, I see. Yeah, uh, I see. Because you, you can't hide Jack being got no clothes on. So, uh -uh. Yeah, you nope. just stand there and and <laughs> all your glory and just take little snapshots just little yep. little pre and post boudoir photos and just hook it up oh, there Trust you me. Go. <laughs> you're gonna want to you're, you're gonna want to see the difference because the scale will not always be your friend as we will allude to in the next episode and just because the, like the measurements is the is the biggest thing that i know i wish i would have done beforehand mm -hmm. and i just plain forgot so the yep. only measurement that I know of was that, that I did was my neck and I was at a, like a 24 and a half before surgery. And I think now I'm at a, I'm, I'm at a 19, almost at an 18 and a half. So. Wow. Unbelievable. Measurements are powerful. And, and even if you're listening to this episode and you've already had surgery, it's never too late to, 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 to take measurements. You can still Take a pause today, take your measurements, record them, and use them moving forward. That's, yeah, that's totally fine. Yep. Uh, my, my last two um, keys to success would be ask for help. You have to get comfortable with asking for help. It's going to be key to your success right after surgery. You need help. Nobody gets through this alone. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, and don't be ashamed to ask for help. A lot of times I think there's shame that comes with, with help. No, nope, you, you need to separate those two. You need to, you need to just kind of get over it. You need to do what's best for you and ask for that help. And then my other thing that I, I constantly had to remind myself and other people in my life reminded me, what you're going through post-op is temporary. This is a very short moment in your life, even though it feels like it's going to last forever. You're going to, you could be like me and woe is me, your situation and, you know, drama queen yourself. It's very temporary. And just know that it's going to pass. You're going to feel normal. You're going to feel better than what you've ever felt like in your entire life. You just need to, you just need to hang on until you can, until you can get there, but you absolutely will, will get there. My wife's favorite phrase to use to me post-op was, you just had major surgery, sit down. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wait, wait, way to go. Way to go, wifey. You know, they usually know best, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, she, she definitely did, because she would catch me up trying to do something. She would be like, what are you doing? She would have to top me down off the ledge, because I'd be like, well, I was going to, and she's like, major surgery, have a seat. I'm like, okay. yep. Mm -hmm. sit down sit down sir all right so i think we've covered everything we talked about our experiences post-op we talked about our physical experiences we talked about emotional experiences i i think we 
I think we we did pretty dang good. I think we, we really were able to dive into our, our post-op experience. Uh, so we've reached the point in our podcast, the end of our podcast, where we share what is adding value in our lives right now. So the whole reason Jason and I started East to West Weight Loss Surgery is because we wanted to add value to this community. We found that there were some big pieces that were missing uh, for people who were thinking about it or people who had, who had had bariatric surgery or just people who loved people. So we always want to make sure that what we're producing is of value to this community. Uh, so we thought it would be pretty appropriate then to take some time at the end of our episode to talk about what is adding value to our lives at the moment. So this could be things that are related to weight loss surgery. These can be things that are just adding value uh, to, to our lives at the moment. Uh, so this week, I'm going to share two things that have added value to my life this week. Uh, like I said, my husband and I took a weekend getaway, just the two of us. Uh, we had to bring some work with us because we, 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 we just had some responsibilities that we needed to get done, but we did them right away. And then we really just disconnected from you know, life. And we just kind of took time for the two of us. Oh my gosh, that was the best thing that I think we could have done. It's been stressful. The world has been stressful. Our lives have been stressful. And just to be able to peace out and just focus on the two of us and just have fun with each other and not worry about the outside world was so beneficial that that really added a lot, a lot of added a lot of value to our lives. And it didn't have to, it wasn't expensive. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't anything. It was just us taking a step away and, and disconnecting. Um, so if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling stressed, maybe look for a way that, that you too can disconnect. And maybe it's just that you don't open your computer or your phone for a weekend. That can also be how we can, we can disconnect. So that added a lot of value. And then the other thing that's been adding a ton of value to my life uh, is I'm reading a book called White Fragility by Robin D. Angelou, who is a, a, a PhD. Uh, and that book, Oh my God, so much learning. I feel like I keep telling people it's a textbook. It's not a book that I can read at night. It's not a book that I read to wind down. It's a book that I read to learn. And every single page, I find that my mind is just like blown. I find that I'm underlining, I'm writing in my own notes, I'm finishing a chapter and then I'm going back and I'm rereading it because I, it's just making so many connections in my brain. I'm so thankful that that book exists and I'm, I'm very thankful that I, that I went ahead and purchased it so that it's, it's mine so that I can use it as a textbook. But oh my gosh, man, if you have not read that book and you are interested in learning about what's happening in our nation right now currently with, with race and racism and equality, that is a great book to start with. That is, yeah, it's just been, just been awesome. So those are the two things that are adding value to my life right now. What about you, friend? I did something similar over the weekend really kind of just unplugged from social media for the most part i did the you know the shout out sunday on our east to west weight loss instagram page those kinds of yeah. things you know th things that we normally do upkeep wise but as far as really scouring social media and being uh, super active i really was not uh just kind of the same situation everything gets so heavy sometimes you just got to put it down and, and rest your muscles because you can't just carry those those burdens all the time. So those are things that you want to kind of try to reset. And also, you know, if you don't do that, you're going to wind up getting, you know, there's some fatigue that sets in there and, and you wind up doing or saying things that you may not normally say just for the fact that, you know, it, it gets to be overwhelming sometimes. So it's good to take a step back and make sure that your compass is still on the, uh, the heading you need it to be on. So... 
that's that's one thing for me that I, I did over the weekend just to kind of try to reset a little bit. And uh, another one for me is I, you know, I – I know a lot about Juneteenth and, and what it, you know, what it represents and symbolizes, but just to make sure that I was more aware than I was, I took the weekend. That's kind of what I did with my unplugged time was really research and do a lot of things, you know, regarding Juneteenth and tried to spread that word to some people that may not have been as well versed in it and, and needed to probably learn about it because, you know, a lot of people were, confused as to why so many people thought that that was such a big deal because they just don't know and so mm-hmm. once you give them you know that little, little nuggets of information that they can feed off of they too will then go and take that and do their own research so for me those are two things that i really found that 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 really added value to my life for for this past week so that that's a thank you for for bringing that up yes and i think as an educator, I knew about the day, but I didn't really know about it, right? I knew a very surface understanding of it. Right. Uh, and to be able to really dive into it and then to really, uh, yeah, again, it's just like every day I feel like I'm learning something new about something that I thought I already knew. And and it's interesting to have conversations with people because everybody's like, well, but I thought this. And then you're like, no, that's, I don't think that's actually the case. And then, you know, to have the power of the world, you know, at your fingertips to be able to Google something quickly. And all of a sudden you're just like, oh, I had no idea that that's actually how it happened. Right. You read the textbook, but the textbook is not, the textbook is the the very surface of what actually happened. But to be able to dive deep and have the time and capacity to dive deep into that and to learn and to have conversations is, is priceless. It's, it's worth its weight in gold. And that's what needs to happen. If, if we want to, uh, to make our nation a more equitable place for, for everybody to live in. So. Agreed. Awesome. Very, very cool. All right. I think we did it. I think so. I'm feeling pretty confident about it. And as always, Jason, I always appreciate our, our conversations. I always learn so much, even though I feel like when we talk to each other, every time we record an episode, it's like, oh my God, like, I can't believe that ever <laughs> came up in just our regular conversations. Yes, <laughs> so no, I very I, much I appreciate that. Yep. So if you guys love this podcast or if you enjoy listening to it, please give it a follow, give it a review on your favorite podcast app. If you watch us on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. You'll be the very first one to get to get information when, when our new episodes publish. And then of course, like we said, our whole goal here is to provide things of value to this community. If there is a topic, if there is an issue, if there's something that you want us to dive into, please reach out to us. You can uh, direct message us on our East to West uh, Instagram page. You can direct message us on our personal pages. I'm actively April. Jason is the underscore Smithsonian. Reach out to us. We would love to have conversations with you. If you also just have a question or you just want to have a private conversation, we're happy to do that as well. So please know that we are happy to be a resource for you. Uh, to help you learn and grow and, and, and understand what bariatric surgery is. That's literally why we, why we created this. So, <laughs> so please reach out, make, make, help us make this meaningful for you as well. Definitely, please. Yeah, like April said, we're always willing to talk, always willing to do anything we can to help answer any questions, um, whether it be episode related or not. If you listen to a podcast and didn't really understand something, message us. We'll, we'll go through it with you. I have no issue doing that. I just did that yesterday with, some, with one of our listeners. So um, I know that 
we, you know, we definitely appreciate all the support, the love that we've been getting, all the listens, the follows. Um, we really need you guys to go through and actually review, rate the podcast as it is, because that's going to push us to the next tier and being able to bring you the, the all the, the amazing things that we continue to do. And so we just ask that you'll go through and give it a review. And that way we can, you know, it, it'll reflect a little better on us that way. So we can start getting a little traction with this thing more than we already have. We've already reached out to so many people and, you know, we keep growing every single week and we definitely appreciate that from you guys. We couldn't do it without you. So we, you know, we, we just love and appreciate each and every single one of you and the interactions that we've already had um with a lot of you if not all of you so we want to keep doing that and helping to grow the community every week so we appreciate it yep absolutely absolutely all right you guys well thank you so much for listening thank you so much for watching uh yeah and we're we're excited to keep diving into all things that are meaningful to us in the barrett community exactly. all right you guys so thanks again and uh we'll see you on the flip side <laughs> take, take care Bye, guys.